introduce Bill Bauer. He's the pre-owned director and wholesale manager at Morristown Motors, Inc. And he, he and his team have really done a stellar job since COVID set in at having a kind of a buy anywhere acquisition strategy where we can see consumer acquisition, wholesale acquisition, and have that nice split. So Bill, I appreciate you taking the time to chat and welcome to the conversation. Maybe we can just start by you providing a smidge of background about what you're doing and, the, and your dealership group. Well, thank you for having me, Mike. I appreciate it. Uh, this is truly a privilege to uh, get to speak. Um, so we are a new car dealership group uh, based in uh, New York and New Jersey. Um, Toyota, Subaru, Hyundai as well. Uh, we have a wholesale outfit. So we're a little bit all over the place in what we do in a good way. So uh, uh, obviously, uh, you know, you, we acquire cars for us to sell in uh, wholesale and retail. So uh, it's been an interesting market of lately. And uh, every manufacturer is you know, giving dealers uh, a, a different challenge and uh, what they're getting new car wise. And obviously, you know, that leads to guys uh, trying to buy used cars to make up for their lost new car inventory. So uh, it's been a, a crazy past couple months, but it's been uh, an enjoyable ride for sure. It really has been a crazy past couple months, Bill. Yeah. You're right about that. And you, know, you were touching on this unprecedented time we're in with record short new car inventory, you know, record high MMR if you're buying from the auction. And one of the things that we wanted to talk to you about was really the efforts your team has undertaken to spin up that acquisition on the consumer side. And your your team has really been doing an, an amazing job at balancing acquisition between consumer and wholesale. Can you talk a little bit about why there's more of a need for you guys in your area to purchase cars on the consumer side? and what that looks like for you guys. So, you know, obviously everybody, uh, if you're buying cars at the auction, can see, see that prices are, they're crazy. So, uh, you know, we have realized that, you know, the most cost-effective way of acquiring inventory right now is buying from private party sellers, uh, KVB, ICO, and even out of people's driveways. Uh, you know, it's on the news that the used car market's hot and uh, people are, you know, trying to sell vehicles that they don't need. People's needs have changed because of COVID as well. Some people aren't as driving as much. They don't have a need for an extra vehicle. And it creates a good buying opportunity for dealers when uh, they just don't have the inventory and it's becoming harder and harder to get it. When we thought by this point in time, truthfully, that the situation would turn around a little bit and mm -hmm. it's you know stayed the course of just getting more and more difficult. So uh, it's really become a, a truly cost-effective way and favorable way for us to acquire inventory buying it uh from consumers uh so you know we're gonna keep doing it and uh uh it's been absolutely fantastic that idea of buying from consumers i think is really interesting one of the reasons we want to talk to you bill is because the capabilities you set up around it obviously with dealership personnel you talk about buying out of a driveway it's it's a mindset shift from just acquiring at the auction, right? So right. can you talk a little bit about what that shift looks like with your personnel from a mindset perspective, and then maybe also touch on it just from a operational perspective? Like how do you set it up within your your organization to be able to buy at the auction and also buy anywhere strategy? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to elaborate on this. So I think the first thing, the big difference is obviously the 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 auctions have changed over the years and the the way you can they grade a car it's extremely straightforward a they mm -hmm. display everything within the crs and you don't really have to it's more of a metrics numbers game of you know 
figuring out what you're going to be in the car for and what you can buy it for versus what you can sell it for and what you can do with it. And, you know, when you buy a car from somebody privately, you have to, you know, take into account the condition of the car, I think, in a much bigger way because you are grading the car, not a third independent party is grading yeah. it for you that's unbiased from a seller to buyer. And I think the biggest challenge when buying cars privately is, you know, walking the customer around the vehicle and showing them what you're taking account versus what they see uh, in terms of condition of the vehicle. You know, customers don't look at vehicles the same way we do as uh, auto dealers. Uh, You know, their understanding of reconditioning and, you know, things that impact the value of a vehicle aren't, they aren't, they don't have the wealth of knowledge that we do. So I think when you're buying cars privately, the best strategy to have is when you do, you know, appraise a car and you knock a car a couple bucks or a bad fax, prior paint, uh, ding and dent stuff, is you really walk the customer through it and you explain them your thought process of it and you're transparent because when you're transparent and you say, hey, uh, you know, the next person's buying the car, it doesn't want to hear that there was a minor accident with a shopping cart. They want to see what was replaced, what was repaired, and what went wrong with it. And you just have to be very specific about it. And I think as appraisers, that's you know being a car guy or car girl, and just you know being able to put your hood on, your fingers on the hood, and feel the paint, and you know yeah. it, it, that's so important. Where everything's changed at the auction on, on simulcast, everything's online now, and you know you're not buying cars privately online. You're actually looking at the car because you have to if you're going to make a a proper uh, assessment of the vehicle. So um, for us, in terms of how we do it, auction versus private party, who's doing it, um, you know, I think in terms of buying at the sale, you have to really have a really good sense of what you're going to do with the car um, and have a sense of what the retail value is of a car. If you're intense to buy a car and you're going to retail it and what you can sell it for and how much you're going to overpay in this market because a, a good quality car in this market right now you're going to have to pay for it. and again that just puts a bigger emphasis on buying cars from private party sellers um you know there's no one you know maybe they might be shopping you but when you're looking at the car there's not three other guys watching it roll down a lane clicking on it uh as you are and uh it gives you an opportunity to really uh, you know, walk the customer through it, be transparent. But at the same time, when you're honest with them and you walk them through it, of what you see wrong with a vehicle, you can take a car in a very favorable number. And I'll tell you, the appraisal process through the KBB ICO program is fantastic for this. Uh, we have learned how to use it to our advantage and taking a car for a much lower co- percentage of MMR, cost of, uh, adjusted cost of market. And uh, you just have to use that tool and kind of, even when you're appraising cars where, you know, not through the program, you can learn a lot from it and use that process to appraise a car properly in a, in a manner that enables you to take it in, recondition it, and still sell it for a profitable margin when it's all said and done. I think you hit the nail on the head, Bill, with one of the things a lot of dealers find a bit of a challenge with in the customer acquisition process, which is having that standardized appraisal process that walks the customer around the car. Because you're right, a customer has the idea that their car is a stellar car. My car is always a 5.0 if I'm a customer if we're talking you know, auction parlance. So can you talk a little bit about best practices that you'd suggest to dealers for putting a standardized appraisal process into place? How do you walk the customer through? What's the approach? What are the, the steps that you've seen success with 
Absolutely. So what we've come to realize is that we have a handful of people that actually appraise the vehicles. Um, whether it's a retail sale, salespeople walk the customer around the car and on the appraisal sheet notes some noticeable items about uh, damages or issues with the car. But we have a, a list of people, obviously, and I'm, I'm sure every other store out there has uh, one or two people they prefer to appraise cars uh, based on their knowledge and expertise of it. And, uh, you know, it's a straight line process. The car comes in, you put it in the computer, uh, you check the Carfax auto check, you, they, they always tell the truth. And then you got to you know, walk around the car. And what I've come to realize is um, when you follow the, pro the process that you guys have set in place, that program, it covers all the dots and it covers all the major points you need to look at when appraising a vehicle. I think guys miss things because they don't take into account every little thing. And it's just, once we learned that process, it became much easier for us to take in a car at a favorable number. Um, and again, that's just you being a car person and actually uh, appraising enough cars uh, it, day in and day out. And that's, that's an excellent point. There, there is a lot of reps as part of it. You know, you can follow a standardized process, but to understand how much rust is on a vehicle if you're upstate of a certain age is, is something that you kind of have to learn the process of. And I think you're right about having some of those targeted, you know, key knowledge set people in there to really help drive that accurate appraisal process. One of the challenges I think sometimes is that we get a nice process in place, but it's hard to manage and understand if people are performing against the process unless we have some like per performance guides, right? Like if we're in provision, we can tell how well someone's pricing a car and the price to market. But it's kind of hard to tell sometimes how well someone's doing uh, appraising. You know, one person might put 20,000 on a car, one person might put 21 and who was right and who was wrong and how do you tune it? So do you have any thoughts to help the dealers out there to kind of understand how do you help guide everyone and keep everyone improving and understand if you're doing well or not, because it's, it's so vague sometimes with the, you know, consumer acquisition. Absolutely. That's a great question. So I think there's a certain aspect of it where you can be numbers people and look at the numbers, the percentage of vehicles that you appraise that you take in from a retail trade standpoint, the percentage of cars you appraise that you're buying off the street, uh, and the percentage of cars you appraise that you buy at the sale. And I think sometimes you can use numbers all day long, but I think in this market where it's become so hard to properly source inventory, sometimes you have to pay over what you want for a car. Um, you know, it's, I think it's different when you're appraising a, a, a five to seven year old model with a clean Carfax and under 30, 40,000 miles. And, uh, you know, a car with multiple hits in the Carfax and previous repairs, you're, you're looking at, you're comparing Apple to an orange there. And yeah. I think if you really want the quality vehicles, you can say, yeah, you, you know, our cost to market when those two examples was completely different. But at the end of the day, it's a matter of how much you actually want that unit and how badly you need it. And for us in our strategies, hey, we have a, a baseline of the percentage of MMR we want to take the cars in. But if it's a car that we think we can do something with it, if we have to go over our baseline or our initial offer, you do it. Uh, and that's what's made it successful. Sometimes you pay more for something that you take a shot. I mean, it's hard to make a mistake in this market. It really, really is. In a normal world, you can you can overpay for a car and lose. Right now, I mean, it's just every car is a chess piece. I mean, so sometimes you, we, we, we have a baseline of, hey, 
I'll pay X amount for a car and we end up paying more for it. You know, the customer shops us to a, one of these online outfits uh, and they say they're willing to pay more. And we've actually bought the car above their number and seen those outfits at the auction pay more than what they appraised the car for. And it's been a tremendous learning point for us to, hey, sometimes uh, if you really want something, you, you, you got to be a car guy and just take a shot. And it, I think people in this market do get lost in numbers a little bit. Um, if you're sitting there on Stockwave right now trying to buy cars at, at 90% of market cost, uh, you're just not going to be able to buy them right now. And I think if you're looking for reasons not to buy cars, you're not going to be able to acquire them in this market. You have to look for every reason to acquire the car. And that means paying up for them. And, and again, when sometimes when you pay, you pay up for a car in this market, you, you, you benefit it in ways that you would never have imagined. That's how countless times, whether we retail the car or we wholesale the car, it's I'd rather have the car than not have it. Um, if it's something I think I can do uh, and use it and you know be productive with it. So again, it's just when you can source inventory, I think people in, too often than not look for reasons not to buy cars. And in this market, you got to look for the positives in a vehicle and look why to buy them uh, and uh, see what happens. I really like the chess analogy you use, Bill, because it's really he who has a car wins right now. If you have a car, as you said, you're going to make, you're going to sell it and you're going to make money on it. And that balance of using data and still being a car guy and blending those two together, as you described, is, is a beautiful thing. So I have one last question for you, and it's really around the expertise you have. You guys are, are really kind of ahead of the game here. So if you could give dealers one pointer to help flatten out that learning curve as everyone's coming up to speed, what would the one thing you'd say watch out for or please do it this way based on the experience that you've had? Well, I'll tell you this. I think, you know, if you were to ask every dealer, do you want more cars? The answer is yes. And then you offer them a $500 car to a $100,000 car. And then dealers then go, well, this isn't our cup of tea. This isn't in our lane. This isn't our area of expertise. And I think in this market, you, and in more generally too, you have to, you know, game plan what are what who are we as a, a company and a dealership and a, a, and an outfit and what are we trying to accomplish and i think through this program through the ico program specifically we've seen cars from five hundred dollars to you know six figure numbers and you know to us we've adapted the mentality of whether it's like i said 500 to a hundred thousand dollar car it's a chess piece and it's an opportunity to make a profit, whether it be wholesale or retail. And I don't think if you aren't prepared to buy anything in between that in this market, you're, you're leaving money on the table, you're leaving buying opportunities on the table, but you have to have the things in place to be successful to make that work, uh, to acquire inventory all across the board. I think, like I said before, uh, if you're sitting there looking for reasons not to buy cars and nitpicking at things, Someone else is going to sweep in behind you and buy the car before you even blink. And you just have to be aggressive in this market. Um, and like I said before, you just have to know wh who you are as a company, what your what your goals are, what your objectives, and have the things in place to be successful doing this. If you want to buy cars privately outside of the auction, you have to obviously be in a, a solid appraiser, be able to look at a car and see the condition of the vehicle because customers don't, don't always – uh, outline truly what's wrong with the vehicle or quite frankly don't know you have to you know, be able to appraise them but at the same time it goes to uh, just having a, a mentality of hey any car I get I'm going to use as a, a, a way to sell it 
and you know turn a profit with it and it, it like i said before it's really hard to make a mistake in this market it's just you got to be in the right place at the right time and uh you know it, cars are turning quickly whether in a retail or wholesale standpoint or even people selling them privately you have to jump on the opportunity you have to appraise the car and you have to make a decision fast because someone else will jump on that car uh before you play Bill, I really appreciate the time. Two things really stick out to me that you said that I think are, are great things for our dealers to take away. One of them is something you said early on, which is that the consumer has a different view of the vehicle than us. So we need to engage that consumer with some empathy and kind of really walk them through an understanding of how we're getting to that number. And then the second thing you said is mentioned a bunch of times and really focus on at the end, which is you have to be willing to buy a car. You have to be willing to be a car guy, put some money on a vehicle and sell it. And we really appreciate you taking the time to help give us some of the insights that you and the Morris team have developed in kind of the buy anywhere strategy. So I want to say thanks to Bill Brower, the pre-owned director and wholesale manager at Morristown Motors, Inc. Really appreciate the insights you provided us. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate the opportunity to speak to you. It's been a pleasure.